Can guilt or shame lead to any kind of good? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the, the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Aaron Armstrong, and with me is Josh Hayes. Josh, for our 270th episode of this podcast, wow. we get to talk about guilt and shame. Well, I, I don't know what correlation there is between the number 270 and, and guilt and shame, but I'm sure there's some conspiracy theorist or Bible code, code person out there who can put it together for us and... No, I don't want to. I don't want to guilt trip somebody into 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 doing that that either. Just if I can make another, you know, bad dad joke or, or, or the this like. is a safe I should place. Shame, I, f- I should feel shameful actually. Well, probably. For that bad joke. Yeah, it's okay. But we're going to talk about guilt and shame, and we're going to see how these two things are related but not synonymous um, in our discussion uh, in our discussion today as well as see where we see the relationship between these two in scripture as well as what we can learn from it um, as we decide, seek to disciple others and live a faithful Christian life. So um, here we go. So guilt and shame. Guilt refers to the objective status of someone being found guilty for a wrong committed as well as the incurring punishment that comes with it. Shame, on the other hand, is the emotional pain that comes from sinful actions. Scripture teaches that human beings are guilty in an objective sense and also feel the weight of shame in a subjective sense. So here is, here is if we were going to simplify that down a little bit more, here's what I'd say. That because of sin, we are objectively guilty of wrong. And because of sin, we also feel the shame of doing wrong. Yeah, that differentiates between the two, but also shows that the two are inseparable and interconnected. That for a person to be guilty, there is an effect, there's an emotional effect that is... Uh, on them, and that's what what shame is. This this sense that that something is wrong because of our our sinful actions, and we'll um, go ahead and survey some passages that uh, tease out or document this relationship uh, in Scripture between guilt and shame. That the the the, the two uh, are correlated, and and will um, and are inseparable realities. One comes uh, with with the other, or because of the other. Uh, Psalm 32, uh, it's a psalm of David, and he's confessing his sin. The more famous psalm of, of confession, Psalm 51, which we'll mention in a minute. But this might even more vividly get at this this connection that the the emotional weight that sin can can bring with it, that the guilt of sin, namely, can, can bring with it. And in verse 3 of Psalm 32, uh, going through verse 5, David writes, When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So you're seeing the burden and the weight of guilt and the shame that it brings on on one end of the passage, but you're starting to see the, the upside in the psalm of where there's elation, there's relief in the confessing of our of our sin to to God, uh, Psalm fifty one uh, nine through twelve uh, reads in a in similar vein. 
Uh, Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. This is David writing again. God created a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. So again, sin's effect on us in the form of being guilty of it, leading to a, a sense of shame and this this longing and desire to be renewed is evident from this, this passage. Uh, Jesus uh, talks about guilt and uh, Matthew 5, 21, 22, famous passage from the Sermon on the Mount and telling us how what kingdom life should look like and how uh, deep sin does uh, corrode all of us and how God is asking for more than just surface level uh, compliance uh, in order to have true obedience to his commandments. But in Matthew 5, 21 through 22, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, Do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So you have uh, the, the, the objective reality of guilt uh, discussed there, even if the person who is angry and uh, under false pretenses uh, for, for the wrong reasons with his brother or sister, um, there's there still objective guilt there. Uh, James 2.10 says here, and speaking about guilt, for whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. So guilt is nonetheless there, even if you're seemingly perfect in a lot of areas, but uh, nonetheless sinned in a specific area, you're, you're, you're guilty of um, failing the whole law on some level. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what do we need to understand about this, about these twin truths of guilt and shame? And so uh, there's a couple of big things here. I'll take the first one, you take the second, okay. um, and that'll give your give your, your voice a chance to rest sure, a sure, little bit that's, after. That's good. And, and the listeners a chance to rest from hearing my voice. <laughs> I think they enjoy hearing you more than me sometimes, but uh, but that's okay. Anyway. Here's one of the first things that we need to know about this, that guilt is real and shame is real, but because we are fallen, our sense of both can be distorted. So we can feel shame for things that aren't sin, uh, but that we've been taught are, or conditioned to think are sin. And that, that in itself is a, is a really big problem. And, and, I know that that can happen in a lot of, actually in a lot of Christian circles, right. is that there are certain things that um, are not inherently sinful. Where we've been taught that something is inherently sinful that isn't, um, although may have have sinful tendencies mm-hmm. um, all, that that can that can come from them, we need to recognize those for what they are. We need right. to, that they may have an opportunity for sin, but they're not sinful themselves. Um, so that's one side, and so our te- our consciences can become overly tender in uh, in that respect. That because we think that something is wrong, that isn't wrong, uh, we carry that burden um, for ourselves. Then there's the other side of it too, that our consciences can be so desensitized that things that are sin, uh, that we don't feel enough or any shame for the wrong things that that we see or do. 
And so we can either we can either be too tender or we can or we can be borderline seared in our consciences. Right, right. Um, both are equally dangerous for us in the long run, um, just different ways. Um, interestingly, the tender conscience can actually lead you to um, uh, to overcorrect yeah. into essentially sure. having a seared conscience. Yeah. Um, and likewise, having a seared conscience can actually lead you to overcorrect in this other this other way. Um, so, regardless of how we might be inclined, though, we we have to recognize that um, all of us are are equally are are equally guilty because of because of Adam um, as our human representative, as the as the one from whom our sin nature flows. Um, and we are also guilty because of our actual practice personally. And so our, the guilt and shame that we feel um, should actually stem from the actions that we take as opposed to um, that are objectively sinful, as opposed to things that might be sin or that might even be sinful for someone else's conscience, but not right, for our right. own. Um, and we have to so we have to we have to pray and ask God to help us to see these things rightly and to see, to have um, a right oriented conscience right um, yeah. toward these things. Yeah. That's part of sanctification of God, making us increasingly holy and restoring us to what we have fallen from. We're still people made in the image of God, but that image is, is distorted. And that sense of the dignity that comes with that image is, is has been distorted. And so, Salvation is a reclamation and a renovation project, if, if we could put it we could put it that way. And part of that is recovering our conscience to feel the right way about good things and 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 bad things. And speaking of which, th- this is why this is an important uh, topic for Christians to to consider uh, when it comes to guilt and shame, because these are these are effects of sin coming into the world. But our present culture doesn't want to talk about absolute categories like sin and righteousness and so there's a lot of uh, de-emphasis and a lot of indoctrination away from uh, even 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 speaking of realities like guilt and shame on, on an everyday level you might hear guilt talked about in a judicial sense in, in the courtroom but uh, it, it's something that sometimes people want to uh, overly uh, sanitize and medicate in terms of feeling any sense of sin or guilt. So our, our present culture resents th- this teaching that Christianity has had for centuries about original sin and the corruption in the human race that that has brought. And so they want to dispel any sort of legitimacy to this talk of guilt and shame that, that's true on any sort of grander cosmic level. It's it's would be more from from a cultural from our cultural cultural culture standpoint. Excuse me, from our culture standpoint, it's 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 more of just a subjective uh, perception, uh, not anything that necessarily correlates to some eternal moral law. So oftentimes you'll hear them talk about shame as, as toxic shame because they, they will shame people for talking in shameful terms, shame, terms, terms of guilt and shame, ironically. Uh, so they'll, they had to come up with a category for some, some type of bad shame, but then that there is a place for shame if we're going to say we shouldn't shame people. So they're kind of caught in a, 
um, they're, they're in a conundrum there. Uh, but we as Christians have the right story to understand the world, the right story about why we all are, why we all are uh, messed up and have these distorted desires and uh, perceptions and, and feel like, like something's wrong. So it's true that not all sense of shame is healthy or based in reality, so we mm-hmm. don't want to dismiss that. We want to acknowledge that, that some people have a false feeling or sense of shame and it's because they've been conditioned in the wrong way they've not they've been conditioned to believe a lie about themselves or, or, or others they've been told that something's sin that's not sin so they feel shame and they when they shouldn't uh, but nonetheless we, we don't want to, to dismiss all uh, experience or perception of shame we might feel as being illegitimate or as being unfounded it, it points to something being wrong in a broader sense it points that something's wrong in the world and that that is that sin has wrecked our world and god is rescuing it and redeeming it through christ but uh on on an individual level even it shows that something's wrong with us even if we're feeling shameful not for the not for the wrong uh not for the right things so it's it's i think we can most of us can understand these um these sort of truths when we think about it in medical terms so when you're um, you know, a lot of times we, I talked about earlier, we want to medicate, try to numb feelings, um, pain and things like that. You think about how, uh, I don't want to get into pharmaceuticals, med- medical talk too much. Not our, No, not but our, that's also why we eat ice cream. I'm not, yeah, that's true too. I'm not that kind of doctor, as I say. I'm, I'm, I'm the type of doctor that can't really help anybody, is like, uh, how I like to put it. But uh, we, we, when we go to the doctor, we don't just, when we're seeking real help, for a long-term solution we don't want just want to mask the symptoms or numb the symptoms we want to heal what the problem is what's the underlying issue that's causing uh, these symptoms if we can find one and so if the underlying injury or illness that's causing this symptom that is shame uh, the underlying cause is guilt uh, that's causing this shame. Well, then we need we need to an answer for the guilt, and thankfully that's what we have in the gospel. And we'll, we'll talk more in a few minutes about uh, how the gospel is the solution for for guilt and shame. But we we don't want to dismiss the legitimacy and the the good place to where shame points us. Think about Adam and Eve. They hid from God when they needed to go to God, and it was God who clothed them in the garden after they had rebelled against them and, and brought shame and guilt on themselves. All right. So um, when we think about this doctrine, uh, picking up from there, um, when we think about these realities, what difference should they make in our lives and in how we disciple others? And so one of those first things, we've got a couple of them, uh, but one of those first things that we need to we need to recognize is that we can relate to and sympathize with any given person because no one is immune to guilt and shame um, unless they are a an absolute sociopath. Right. There's that exception. Um, so which shows that something's wrong in the world anyway. When you ex- have sociopaths. Exactly. Exactly. So um, so a great way to think about it is like this: that compassion is rooted in realism. And so that to be a compassionate human being just means that you're that you recognize the world for what it is, that it's a mess and that the people who live in it are kind of a mess, too. Right. And so we and and so because you and I are guilty of sin, because you and I feel shame at times for the things that we have done. 
we can empathize with others and we can we can walk with them in that not to let them wallow in 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 right. that experience um but to to ultimately help them to see uh the good that can come out of that what it can ultimately point to uh because this is um this really is the, the reality that we ha- have to recognize is that the reason that we f- feel guilt and shame, the reason that we know that something is wrong is because of how we were made. We were made in God's image. God, who is the one who defines what is right and wrong because he created right and wrong. He created those moral categories. And he did it simply by saying whatever that whatever he says is true is right. And so every person is aware on some level that it's hardwired into our systems. We're aware of this, this objective right and wrong, this, this good and bad reality that does truly exist, even with all the nuances that we need to, that we need to necessarily put on certain categories. Um, we all know it. And at, this, and at the same time, we know in our deepest heart of hearts that we need some kind of forgiveness and reconciliation from someone that we may not even recognize exists. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point to make that shame itself, as we've, we've tried to reiterate here, is just a testimony that something's wrong in the world it's it's just that it's undeniable to, to human experience that each of us has a sense of shame and has a sense of, of, of guilt that there is something fundamentally and objectively wrong uh, with the world so we we long for some sort of restoration we recognize that we need we need forgiveness and reconciliation on some level and so do others so we should be sympathetic and compassionate with all those just as humans but even more as christians who have some insight on this because of what's been revealed to us in scripture from God and because we've been rescued from uh, just just this law the lostness of being condemned as 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 guilty before before God and so that's that's that gets back to what we were talking about early in the episode that the 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 bad news augments the good news highlights the highlights the good news and so without guilt the gospel is not really uh, good news uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 1 through 4, he talks about this is of first importance. It's the, the gospel that he uh, declared to them. And the, how does he define the gospel? He says, well, the gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and it was buried and raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And so the gospel is about the forgiveness of sins. And so that's why it's the message about the true solution to guilt and shame. And that is that we can be entirely forgiven through what Christ did on the cross and through his his resurrection to be uh, lifted up and made right before God. The salvation that Christ won for us, it deals with both our guilt and that God declares us righteous in Christ as if we never sinned and never been a sinner because we it's as if we lived a perfect life uh, because of Christ, because of his life on our lived on our behalf. And then without shame, our shame goes away as we grow into our identity in Christ and know that God 
really receives us wholeheartedly without reservation because of who we are in Christ. So sanctification deals with our subjective sense of shame. Justification deals with the objective reality that is that we are guilty and condemned before God because of our sin. But nonetheless, the, the better news is that we didn't out-sin the grace of God. We're, we're sin-abounded, grace-abounded all the more. We provided life and justification through Christ and, and the gospel. We're objectively forgiven. We're counter-righteous. And over time, we grow into our new identity in Christ as we experience God's renewing grace. Man, that's a great note to, to end on. So thanks for, for, for hitting that point so well. And thank, and thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.